No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we return to our study of the book of Isaiah. He prophesies against the northern kingdom of Ephraim, whose people are proud and drunk. Therefore, God will send a strong one against them, who will consume them like early figs on the tree. We hope you'll join us as Pastor Daryl continues in Isaiah chapter 28 on Simply the Bible. After King Solomon died, his son Rehoboam became king. The people had been crushed under the burden of taxation and appealed to Rehoboam for relief. But he followed the counsel of his young friends and said, My father laid on you a heavy yoke, and I will make it even heavier. My father scourged you with whips, I will scourge you with scorpions. Well, the ten northern tribes responded, What share do we have in David to your tents, O Israel? And so they split off from Judah and Benjamin, and Jeroboam became their leader. Now, Jeroboam was afraid that the people would be drawn back to the temple in Jerusalem for offerings and for the religious feasts. So he set up two golden calves, one in Bethel in the south and another in Dan in the north. And so Jeroboam introduced idolatry to the northern kingdom of Israel. And that grew even worse under Ahab and his wicked wife Jezebel, who introduced the worship of Baal. Now Ephraim was the largest tribe in Israel and Samaria was its capital. So both Ephraim and Samaria are synonymous with the northern kingdom of Israel. This is important because we see in chapter 28 of Isaiah that he prophesies against Ephraim. Verse 1, Woe to the crown of pride, to the drunkards of Ephraim, whose glorious beauty is a fading flower which is at the head of the verdant valleys to those who are overcome with wine. Now, in addition to idolatry, Ephraim was guilty of pride and drunkenness. They were proud of their capital city, Samaria, that sat like a beautiful crown at the head of a fruitful valley. The rulers of Samaria reigned in luxury and pleasure and had no fear of their enemies because they thought they were impregnable. But their arrogance and complacency was detestable to God. Behold, the Lord has a mighty and strong one, like a tempest of hail and a destroying storm, like a flood of mighty waters overflowing. Who will bring them down to the earth with his hand? The crown of pride, the drunkards of Ephraim, will be trampled underfoot. And the glorious beauty is a fading flower, which is at the head of the verdant valley. Like the first fruit before the summer, which an observer sees, he eats it up while it is still in his hand. Now soon Samaria's beauty would fade like a cut flower. Rather than seeking the Lord, they sought their false gods. Rather than really dealing with their problems, they preferred to drink their troubles away. Now to the Jews, wine was a gift from God and a source of joy. The law did not demand total abstinence, but it did warn against drunkenness. In Ephraim, 
they had been overcome with wine and now they would be overcome with a fierce and destroying storm. The Assyrians would come in like an overwhelming flood. Soon they would be trampled underfoot. The first fruit of the figs would appear in early June. There were only a few figs on the tree and they would be ripe. So if you found one, then you would immediately eat it. And in the same way, the northern kingdom would be quickly picked and eaten. In that day, the Lord of hosts will be for a crown of glory and a diadem of beauty to the remnant of his people, for a spirit of justice to him who sits in judgment and for strength to those who turn back the battle at the gate. Now, Isaiah shifts gears and focuses on the southern kingdom of Judah because although God was bringing judgment against Ephraim, Judah was not far behind. In that day, Assyria would conquer Ephraim and it would also then come to Judah. The Assyrians would come up to the very gate of Jerusalem and threaten to take the city. But then God would intervene and send an angel to wipe out 185,000 troops of the Assyrian army. This defeat would be for a crown of glory and a diadem of beauty to the remnant of his people. Now, from the entire nation of the 12 tribes, those two tribes living in Judah were considered to be only a remnant. Hezekiah was king of Judah at the time, and he was a good king. One of my favorite verses concerning him is 2 Chronicles 31.21. In everything that he undertook in the service of God's temple and in obedience to the law and the commands, he sought his God and worked wholeheartedly, and so he prospered. God would now be a spirit of justice to Hezekiah, who was sitting on the throne. And the Lord would give strength to the inhabitants of Jerusalem in turning back the Assyrians at their city gate. If we will seek the Lord and keep his commandments, then we can depend upon the Holy Spirit, who is to us the spirit of justice. He will help us in the decisions that we make and the judgments we render. He will give us strength and courage to stand against our adversaries as well. Verse 7, But they also have erred through wine, and through intoxicating drink are out of the way. The priest and the prophet have erred through intoxicating drink. They are swallowed up by wine. They are out of the way through intoxicating drink. They err in vision. They stumble in judgment. For all tables are full of vomit and filth. No place is clean. Ephraim was not alone in their drunkenness. Judah was guilty too. In fact, the priest and prophet were under the influence of their wine. The priests were responsible for rendering justice. The prophets spoke forth the revelation or vision of God. Moses warned the priests that they were not to drink while they were ministering before the Lord. And now their drunkenness had led them out of the right path. They erred in vision and stumbled in judgment. Every place was defiled with their vomit and filth. What an abomination. And these were those who were representing God to the people. 
It is tragic when those in positions of leadership are drunk. Sadly, many legislators and justices are also alcoholics. It's been said that there are three parties in Washington, D.C., the Democratic Party, the Republican Party, and the Cocktail Party. But if they are intoxicated, well, how can they give sound judgment? Warren Wiersbe quotes a Japanese proverb, First, the man takes a drink, then the drink takes a drink, and then the drink takes the man. Verse 9, Whom will he teach knowledge, and whom will he make to understand the message? Those just weaned from milk? Those just drawn from the breasts? For precept must be upon precept, precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line, here a little, there a little. Now Isaiah accurately spoke forth the prophetic vision that he received from the Lord. In chapter 1, he had told them, wash yourselves, make yourselves clean, put away the evil of your doings from before my eyes, cease to do evil, learn to do good, seek justice, rebuke the oppressor, defend the fatherless, plead for the widow. Come now and let us reason together, says the Lord, though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow, though they are red like crimson, they shall be as wool. So what did the people say to Isaiah's preaching? They complained and mocked him. They said that he was not intellectual enough for them. His message was too simple. He talks to us like we're children, they said. He keeps repeating the same things using the child's vocabulary. People today often have a similar attitude toward God's word. They are so intoxicated by intellectual pride that they laugh at the simple message of the gospel and the line-by-line teaching of the Bible. D.L. Moody was often laughed at because his speech was not polished, but God used him to bring many thousands to Jesus Christ. Verse 11, For with stammering lips and another tongue he will speak to this people. Because they rejected Isaiah's words, God was going to give them something else. They would go into Babylonian captivity where they would be spoken to in a foreign language. And if you've ever tried to learn a foreign language as an adult, then you know how difficult that can be. It's really humbling when you see preschoolers learning it faster than you can. Thus God would break them of their pride and stubbornness. To whom he said, This is the rest with which you may cause the weary to rest. And this is the refreshing, yet they would not hear. The prophet had given them the plain message that anybody could understand. If they would have listened and repented, then they would have had rest from their enemies. Instead, they trusted in their political alliances. In the days of King Ahaz, they made a secret treaty with the Assyrians. And in the days of King Hezekiah, they turned to Egypt for help. How tragic when people turn away from the rest God offers through Christ to their own wrangling and maneuvering. In Isaiah 30, 15, the prophet said, This is what the Sovereign Lord, the Holy One of Israel says, In repentance and rest is your salvation, in quietness and trust is your strength, but you would have none of it. In the same way, God offers his perfect rest to anyone today 
who will repent of his sins and trust in Jesus Christ. How tragic that so many reject it. Verse 13, But the word of the Lord was to them, precept upon precept, precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line, here a little, there a little, that they might go and fall backward and be broken and snared and caught. Now they would be taught precept upon precept and line upon line as they were before, but now they would be taught as captives in Babylon. They could have known God's rest, but because they rejected God's truth, they would instead know the bondage of Babylon. May God help us to listen to his word and take to heart this teaching through the Bible that has so much profit to us if we will hear what God says and put it into practice. Let's close in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for your word. We thank you for the rest that you offer to everyone who will trust in Jesus Christ. May we turn from sin. May we trust in you. May we listen to your word and not spurn it, but hear what you say and do what you say. In Jesus' name, amen. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. That's calvarytv.org. If you have any questions or comments, please contact us through our website. To listen to previous episodes, go to 941thevoice.com or check out our podcast on iTunes or Spotify. Tomorrow we will see where Isaiah turns to the rulers of Judah who have trusted in lies and made a covenant with death. Therefore, God will lay a cornerstone in Zion and will do his awesome work of judgment. We hope you'll join us as we continue in the book of Isaiah on Simply the Bible.